Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. So you've been jet-setting around Europe on a cultural tour de force over the last few months. You've visited so many wonderful places, museums, art galleries and historically significant locations. You've visited the Louvre in Paris, Stonehenge in England, Vatican City, and you've even walked large sections of the Camino de Santiago in Spain. But as your plane touches down in Belgium for the final leg of your journey, You have but one last place on your mind. The Old Masters Museum, housed in the building of the Musée de Beaux-Arts in Brussels. Ever since reading W.H. Auden's poetry collection, Another Time, you have been haunted by one particular poem that describes in careful detail a specific visit to this very gallery. So in Auden's footsteps, you intend to follow. This poem by Auden that you love so much is a meditation on three specific works of art in the gallery, painted by Dutch masters in the 16th century. And each of these paintings raise important questions about the human condition, particularly regarding the experience of being a bystander in life. The first of these paintings is the census at Bethlehem. In this scene, people go about their everyday lives as a pregnant Mary and Joseph arrive in town to register. The second is the story of the Massacre of the Innocents that recounts the events of the first Christian martyrs in history. And finally, the third painting is a scene from the ancient Greek legend about the fall of Icarus. Making your way out of the airport, you collect your bags and without a moment to lose, you flag down the nearest taxi in front of the terminal and speed off to your destination. May I present you with Musée de Beaux-Arts by W.H. Auden. Read to you by Jodie Foster. Musée de Beaux-Arts. About suffering, they were never wrong, the old masters. How well they understood its human position how it takes place while someone else is eating or opening a window or just walking dully along. How when the aged are reverently, passionately waiting for the miraculous birth, there always must be children who did not specially want it to happen, skating on a pond at the edge of the wood. They never forgot that even the dreadful martyrdom must run its course anyhow in a corner, some untidy spot where the dogs go on with their doggy life, and the torturer's horse scratches its innocent behind on a tree. In Bruegel's Icarus, for instance, how everything turns away quite leisurely from the disaster. The plowman may have heard the splash, the forsaken cry, but for him, it was not an important failure. The sun shone as it had to on the white legs disappearing into the green water, and the expensive, delicate ship that must have seen something amazing, a boy falling out of the sky, 
had somewhere to get to and sailed calmly on. So I want to start our foray into the poem today by saying a few things about the historical context. First published in the modernist magazine New Writing in 1939, Musée de Beaux-Arcs is definitely one of W.H. Auden's most popular poems, and was later included in Auden's poetry collection Another Time, published in 1940. Auden, of course, holds an important place in English poetry, although his style of poetry is impossible to adequately describe. This is because, as a poet, Auden was a chameleon who frequently shifted his poetic style to fit his ever-changing outlook on the world and his inherently experimental disposition as a poet. Indeed, Auden was celebrated as a dynamic poet who used a broad variety of forms, long and short, traditional and radical, obscure and popular, to compose his poetry. Auden particularly valued the importance of logical analysis in poetry and wrote largely on the premise that truths in our world are actually intelligible and that those truths were usually to be found in common places and situations that were close at hand. The poem Musée de Beaux-Arcs is a fine example of his early work and was written in December of 1938, just before the outbreak of World War II. At this moment in history, political conflicts around the world were escalating, reflecting the growing ideological divisions between nations and groups in our world. Auden himself had witnessed two such conflicts shortly prior to composing this poem. One event was located in China during the Second Sino-Japanese War, while the other event took place in Spain. Like many young leftists of the time, Auden ventured off to the Republic during the Spanish Civil War. Auden was also well aware at the time of writing this poem that Austria had been annexed by Nazi Germany earlier in 1938 and that the looming shadow of global conflict was growing in the world. As global frictions escalated, the outbreak of war seemed inevitable to Auden and this was probably a key motivating factor behind Auden emigrating to the USA shortly after writing this particular poem. Auden's own first-hand experiences of witnessing historical episodes of violence is evident in this poem, as are his apprehensions about violence and its moral implications. The poem itself observes immense suffering and reflects on its human position, on the tendency for people to turn away and for life to carry on. Perhaps in much the same way as Auden himself fled the whispers of war coming into World War II to the relative safety of the USA. As for the paintings described in the poem, they are all works of either Peter Bruegel the Elder or Bruegel the Younger, prominent painters in the 16th century at the time of the Northern Renaissance. 
This movement took inspiration from the Italian Renaissance, particularly its interest in antiquity and natural landscapes, as well as its use of perspective and realism, all of which figure into the paintings described in the poem. However, because of the Protestant Reformation at the time, painters of the Northern Renaissance had become hostile towards the exceedingly idealised imagery used within Catholicism. Paintings of the Northern Renaissance were therefore more representative of daily life and used a more Gothic style of art, which was more bleak in nature. Clearly, with this in mind, it is understandable why Auden would have been inspired by this style of art, which was shining a light on everyday aspects of life in a more realistic way that accorded more heavily with his own style of realistic writing. So I want to talk here about some important ideas in the poem that deal with human indifference to the problems of suffering in our world. The speaker of Musée de Beaux-Arts carefully describes memorable scenes in the paintings he observes. One of these depicts the birthplace of Christ, while another goes further back in antiquity to capture a key scene from the fall of Icarus. Both paintings illustrate the apathy and disinterest of the scenes on Lucas. By focusing in on these displays of indifference, Auden makes an argument that within the routines of daily life, many human beings respond to significant events in a rather detached and nonchalant way. As a consequence, the many bystanders described in the poem are shown as going about their lives oblivious to momentous events unfolding in their midst. In focusing first on Bruegel's painting entitled The Census at Bethlehem, The speaker describes the backdrop for Christ's birth as being rather commonplace and he illustrates this in his poem when he writes, someone eating or opening a window or just walking dully along. The inconsequential actions shown regarding people populating the painting, when combined with words like walking dully along, for instance, infer that these people are perhaps bored. The speaker also points out that Though there may be older folks piously awaiting Jesus' arrival, there always must be children who are more interested in playing and skating or doing other activities. Thus, the speaker shows how the impacts of this historical moment and the tragedy to come are not really recognised by the people actually experiencing that particular moment. Following the census description, the poem then turns to Bruegel the Younger's painting entitled Massacre of the Innocents to further highlight this idea. This painting recounts the story of the first Christian martyrs, Bethlehem's boys who were under two years of age, who were slaughtered by King Herod because Herod saw the birth of Jesus as a threat to his hegemony and power. Within this brutal context, it is rather disturbing how the poem focuses instead on the dogs who go on with their doggy life and the horse that scratches its innocent behind on a tree. Again, the speaker contrasts these images of suffering and everyday events to illustrate how life tends to just go on, even in the face of incredible violence. 
Here, I can't help but think how every day in my own life, I get up and have my breakfast in the morning, often drowsy and half asleep, while at that very same moment there are people in the world being torn to pieces by the brutal machinery of war while I pour my milk onto my cereal. I eat while others mourn. I eat while others die. How absurd is that? After these two scenes in the first stanza of the poem, in the final stanza, the poem finishes by exploring the very famous painting, Landscape with the Fall of Icarus. This takes us further back in history, away from Christian times and back to a story from ancient Greece. In this scene, the bystanders are clearly aware of the suffering taking place, but still turn a blind eye. This painting illustrates a scene out of a story in which a boy called Icarus is given wings made of feathers held together with wax, which he uses to orchestrate his escape. Icarus ignores his father's warnings about flying, however, and flies too close to the sun. The sun melts the wax and he falls out of the sky and into the ocean where he drowns. The poem explores the moment when Icarus hits the water, but focuses in on the actions of the bystanders. The poem describes how the farmer may have heard the splash, the forsaken cry, only to ignore it and to continue to plough his field. The poem also describes the ship in the painting, which must have seen Icarus fall, but thought it best to simply continue on its journey. The speaker uses terms like may, must, and had to, to reflect the harsh reality that people would knowingly witness Icarus's death and choose to disregard it. Added to this, words within the poem like leisurely and calmly imbue the tragic scene with an unsettling and rather tranquil feeling. One could say here that the poem is suggesting that a kind of cancer of indifference holds sway within our human condition and that this disease continues to spread across all historical times and places. Indifference, having taken root in our lives, remains difficult to remove. Apathy towards the anguish of others, Warden suggests, is a hallmark of the human condition across all cultures and historical periods, and perhaps in a digital age like our own, where we have become so inundated by information, Apathy and indifference is spreading and metastasizing quicker than ever before. So it's time for me to finish up this week's episode and say goodbye. I hope you took something worthwhile out of this week's discussion. Of course, it goes without saying that we only really scratch the surface when it comes to this poem. Musée de Beaux-Arts is a masterpiece, full of poetic devices worthy of our attention. However, in a podcast like this one, it is simply impossible to go into the analytical depth required to do the poem justice. We'll finish by listening one more time to the poem. See you next time.
Musée des Beaux-Arts. About suffering, they were never wrong, the old masters. How well they understood its human position. How it takes place while someone else is eating, or opening a window, or just walking dully along. How when the aged are reverently, passionately waiting for the miraculous birth, there always must be children who did not specially want it to happen, skating on a pond at the edge of the wood. They never forgot that even the dreadful martyrdom must run its course anyhow in a corner, some untidy spot where the dogs go on with their doggy life and the torturer's horse scratches its innocent behind on a tree. In Bruegel's Icarus, for instance, how everything turns away quite leisurely from the disaster. The plowman may have heard the splash, the forsaken cry, but for him, it was not an important failure. The sun shone as it had to on the white legs disappearing into the green water, and the expensive, delicate ship that must have seen something amazing, a boy falling out of the sky, had somewhere to get to and sailed calmly on. listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.